0: This is Revisiting Haven. Hey Havenites, this is Amy J. And with me today... Hi, this is Amy S., yes, the other Amy. Hey guys! So we are happy to be here to talk about The Trial of Nathan Warnos, written by Speedweed, who, if you haven't heard already, um, did a, a short interview with us from the car, which was so kind of him. We're so thankful for, for him to do that. Um, and the episode aired and we... Really enjoyed it, and Amy, I can't wait to talk to you about it, but
1: before that, you know we got to talk Haven News. Right. Well, um, speaking of that interview with Speed Weed, Amy, it's, even though we've already seen his uh, episode, he did drop some tidbits about Season 5B, so people might want to listen to it if they haven't yet. He
0: did, especially yeah. for those Nathan-Audrey fans.
1: Yeah, and um, Nick and Brian were kind enough to talk to us a while back, and we posted that. But if anybody uh, wants to listen to that and hasn't yet, there's a lot of 5B info from Nick and Brian.
0: Yeah, I think that, was, that episode uh, interview we did with them was more about the season than the episode. So you guys might definitely right. want to check that out.
1: Yeah, and then news, uh, very, very current Haven news. Um, let's see, we know that Sean Piller and Lloyd Seagon are uh, producing a new show that Jason Priestley is starring in. It's called The Code. It's shooting now in Toronto. It's going to air in Canada in the spring of 2016. Um, So congrats to Sean and Lloyd on that new show. Um, um, The new Inside Haven video is up. Uh, Just a reminder that, again, this year, as in last year, after each episode, Inside Haven, the cast talks, is being posted on sci-fi.com. So you kind of get some behind the scene info from our cast, and we'll put the link up for that.
0: And, guys, uh, the um, Haven that we we had talked about – Actually, you know, doing a segment mm-hmm. on, on those episodes. And, and because of time, we probably won't be able to.
1: So just a heads up there. Oh, on Haven Origins, Amy? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Which- so Inside Haven is the cast and crew talking about that episode. But to Amy's point, the final uh, webisode in uh, Haven Origins was posted just uh, within the last 24 hours. So we will include the link for that. So that whole webisode series we had... I think three episodes over the last three seasons. Um, So that's all final and up. And that goes back to like the late 1800s and the early 1900s and kind of following the story of a troubled gal. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Amy, for for helping me when I jump the gun. (laughs) So we'll put the link up to the Haven Origins as well. And that's about it
0: for news. Which is awesome that we still have news to report, guys. I mean, this is is definitely... uh... It is the final season, but, you know, we don't know what will happen at the end. You guys are, are doing an amazing job on Twitter and watching the episodes. We just ask that you keep doing that,
1: you know, watch, share, love. That's right. all we can do at this point. Yeah, and enjoy it. I mean, I you know, we all love Haven and we're getting so many answers and we're learning so many things and there's a lot that's happening that um, we've waited for. So, I mean, so far I'm stoked. It's been a great season so far and it's just we're only three episodes in. Absolutely,
0: 10 more episodes to go, and so far all three have been hits, in my opinion, in Amy's opinion, I'm pretty safe to say. And so let's talk about this episode, The Trial of Nathan Warnos, which, you know, as Speed alluded to, is parallel intentionally to The Trial of Audrey Parker.
1: Right, and that was the season one episode where Audrey kind of pleads her case or states her case to Agent Howard, Um, and Audrey comes away from that episode kind of... Knowing what she's going to do. She's going to stay in Haven and she's going to resign from the FBI because she belongs in Haven. Yeah. And so
0: guys, the thing is, you know, when you talk about parallels there, there are going to be similarities and there are going to be differences. And so we're going to kind of talk about things as they came up, uh, just in, in groups. So let's talk about Duke first.
1: Okay. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr.
0: Duke, Crocker. Mr. Black eyes. Uh, um, okay.
1: Why are his eyes going black now when he's touched with the trouble blood and not silver? That's
0: a very good observation. It's a very good observation, especially um, since we thought it was over when he released all those troubles. Right. I mean, he didn't release it into Haley.
1: Well, 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 Haley got it from her mom, and this, so this is a pre- Mara Duke trouble, right? Exactly. So
0: what I'm saying is Haley had an original trouble.
1: Right, and in the past, when Duke has been exposed to trouble blood from an original trouble, he's gotten silver eyes.
0: Exactly. So now, what is so different about Duke? What has Mara done to Duke that has changed it so that if he touches original trouble haven blood, he goes black and not silver?
1: Right, and now he's got this surge and this urge to kill with these black eyes. He did tell Hallie, run, um, but nonetheless, he was kind of trying to kill her. But he said, I don't want to kill you. So we do still see that part of Duke where hes uh, he doesn't want to succumb to that urge, but he's really not able to fight it anymore now with these black eyes.
0: And the thing is, Duke is still Duke, right? He's still yes. that teddy bear at heart. He's still that gruff exterior who's like, you know, troubles are bad. Don't do it. No more. Ah, oh, All right. Practice once. And, you know, mm-hmm. Haley took advantage of him and his tender heart and went to the right. bank. Yeah. And- poor duke because no no kid ever keeps that promise of i promise no more after this right so well and
1: duke you know duke's trying to get away from the troubles and as you said amy he gave in for just this one time and look where it's gotten him no matter what he is troubled and he can't fight it he can't get away from it even though he left haven to get away from it he can't avoid it and um, it and it's literally in his blood but the other thing is
0: you know it's like karmically Things are mm-hmm. just following him. Negative things are just keep happening to Duke, and I feel so bad for the guy. Uh, you don't think bad sense things sense. have been happening to him?
1: Well, a lot of it's you know because he got in with Mara, but we've okay. But why that did recently. he get
0: okay? So yeah,
1: let's not bring that back up. We talked okay, about this. Let's not this. go down that road. We talked no, about this. A, he, Duke is in a bad spot. He is in such a bad spot that he left Haven. He left his friends. He left his home. I'm a little upset, though, that when Duke found out from the truck driver that Haven doesn't exist anymore because that shroud is up, that fog is up, and that has erased Haven to everyone outside of Haven. Mm -hmm. They don't have any knowledge of it. It doesn't exist. It's not on any maps. Now, I'm hoping that once we can bring that shroud or that fog down, the rest of the world will know about Haven again, and it will exist outside of Haven. But because Duke has this knowledge, shouldn't he have gone back to tell... Uh, Nathan and Audrey and Dwight and Vince and Dave that we got to get this shroud down because nobody outside of Haven knows about it.
0: I'm going to go ahead and respectfully disagree because, okay. uh, one, in that episode, Duke wasn't sure what the guy meant. He could have just been like, "Okay, whatever. I'm not fighting you because you don't you think you know all of Haven, but you, you know you think you know all of Maine, but you don't know Haven, and I'm just trying to get out. Not going to talk about this right now. Okay. And he, I mean, you could tell that. That's what he thought because he tried to call his bank in the next episode in power, trying to get the money. And they're like, we don't even have a branch in Haven. Don't even know what that is. Okay. And I'm still not sure he believes that Haven has disappeared. Gotcha. So I I, I think Duke has other issues at the moment that he's focused on and, and yeah. trying to get away from that life. And yeah. I don't think it's denial. I just don't think he,
1: he's connected it. Right, and he's he left Haven because of the guilt, and he he thinks Haven is better without him. But I also want to say, um, you know, we we've seen three episodes this season. And it really is a different Haven. The show looks different, has a different feel, and also Duke not being there in Haven, interacting with Nathan and Audrey and Dwight and Vincent and Dave. It does Haven does feel different without him, right? Yeah, I
0: miss that. I do miss yeah. that that interaction with the trio, at least at the at yeah. a minimum. I do right. miss um, the conversations between. Nathan and Duke and Audrey and Duke and all three of them together.
1: Things are so dire in Haven right now, uh, you know, with Nathan being put on trial and uh, everything's, you know, the darkness trouble and everybody's sequestered. um, You know, they could use his help. Sure. But the thing is that they
0: don't know if he doesn't know, Duke doesn't know if his help would be more of a help or a hindrance.
1: That's right. And that's why he left. So, yes, You're, you're bringing it back full circle. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So Duke is dealing with his own thing. He's locked in a storage container
0: trying to c- control of himself because he's all Mr. Black Eyes at the moment. Right. So we'll have to
1: see what's going to happen with him.
0: But, you know, then there are other people who have clear eyes and are sent on rescue <laughs> missions like Dwight and Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you lead this.
1: Well, I know how you feel on some of this here, Amy. Um, well, first off, Dwight and his kind of frontier justice or whatever type of justice he's got going on in the school. Um, you know, part of me, though, Amy, don't kill me. I'm going to say I can't really blame Dwight um, because what are his options? You know, he's disbanded the PD. He's working with the guard. Or he's got the guard working for him. Even Audrey said to Dwight, you know, you're the one who has to stay here and keep the crowd calm when they all went in Nathan's head. Um, So I'm I'm not in agreement with everything Dwight's doing as far as policing the the town and whatnot, but I don't really see what his options are. So... And then he does go on this mission with Charlotte to try and save Kira. So, okay. I
0: am not Dwight's biggest fan at the moment. I love the guy. I do. Don't get me wrong. I haven't agreed with some of his decisions of late. Okay. As you are aware, if you're on Twitter, you may be aware of that as well. Um... (laughs) And you're right. I think Dwight is doing things to the best of his knowledge. My issue has always been his... Uh, how did I say it? Um, you know, the fact that he he's doing it by himself. He's right. making his decisions by himself. Unilaterally. Thank unilaterally, you. Yeah. Unilaterally making his decisions. Granted, the whole court thing, uh, mm-hmm. he did not make by himself. That was Audrey's suggestion, Audrey's insistence, and... You know he liked it for another reason, and, and I get that too. Right. Although I do think that's dangerous, kind of kind of going that that route. Uh huh. You know, public justice. That's a good. It can be a good and a bad thing. Who knows? Right.
1: Yeah, it can go either way.
0: But you know he he's out there and he's going for Charlotte with Charlotte to save Kira, because saving Kira saves Nathan. Correct. Right. And right. there's
1: Aether. Right. There's the Aether thing. Um. Is Dwight getting a little too in with Charlotte throughout this whole episode? Is he getting in with her again? I think...
0: Okay, let me just say it up front. My issue with Charlotte and and Dwight, and again, I like Charlotte, is their lack of urgency in saving Kira Kira, when Nathan's life is on the line. Okay, okay. That is my issue. And it doesn't have to be Nathan. It could be when someone's life is on the line and you are sent to go save someone and bring them back before I die on a, on because of this martial court you've created, uh-huh. I'm going to need to send somebody who has some urgency to get to that person who may fall asleep and die because of the darkness trouble. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. This is my issue with Charlotte and Dwight
1: and their lack of urgency in getting to Kira. Okay, well, I didn't quite take that from watching the episode, but I'm going to appreciate your point for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my only frustration with did you them you want them running doing a hundred yard sprint through trouble alley and on their way to the mine shaft where kira was trapped did you want him like sprinting at I full pace or something they, they didn't have to <laughs> sprint but he's a, he was a ranger wasn't he or was yeah he was a ranger and she has been there and or, dwight was talking smack about nathan and charlotte came to his defense so i did appreciate that i mean i like them i'm just saying if
0: it was me and i was nathan and i was watching their progress, I'd be a Uh little mad.
1: Okay. That's all I'm saying, and I'm going to stop talking about it. Okay. So now, in Charlotte and the Aether, I have so many thoughts about that, and some of them are conflicting. Like, I've kind of been of the mind that I still don't trust her. I'm not really sure why she's back in Haven, and she seems to want to leave, although she did close the thinnies. But she seems to want to get Audrey out. Does she need Audrey for some purpose on the other side that we don't know about yet? Does Aether do something other than what she's told us on the other side? Um, but then she did tell Nathan that Aether was key to curing the troubles because Charlotte thought she was going to die. We saw that in power last week's episode. Right. That was very honest moment on her part. Right. So am I supposed to trust her just based on that? Um, but then they found all this Aether. Charlotte seems a little excited about how much Aether. She had kind of a smirk on her face. But
0: is it? Okay. So let's, let's, before we go into that, what were the revelations that she gave to Dwight? Especially one, there's a greater evil.
1: Yes, we keep on talking about the greater the greater evil that lives in the void okay. and that it's worse than the troubles and the troubled and that it killed her husband. She lost, she
0: lost her husband to the greater
1: evil. To Amy's phrasing, all she tells us is she lost her husband to it. You're right. She doesn't say anything other than that. So that's open to interpretation, right?
0: The other thing we also learned is, you know, that... Um, correct. Keep me honest, Amy. What did... <laughs> What does Charlotte say about the troubles and Aether in regards to the greater evil?
1: Um, Well, you know what? I'm going to cheat and take the words that Brian Milliken shared with us all on sci-fi.com on the fun fun facts about the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Quote, Charlotte tells Dwight something very important to Haven's mythology, that she'd intended to eradicate all troubles and troubled people in order to protect against a greater evil. She says it lives in the void and lives off Aether, and troubles and that she lost her husband to it a long time ago and to quote. Okay. So there's the quote, the greater evil lives off
0: this ether. The ether right. is aether. What is it? ether? Aether. aether. The ether is there's so much of it. Right. Charlotte is excited. So I'm pretty sure she's not excited uh, that it's there because of the greater evil. Cause she seems scared of the greater evil. Uh-huh. So I'm going to think that Charlotte is excited because she can use the Aether to save the troubled people and therefore not have to kill them to protect the everyone from the the greater evil. Greater evil.
1: Okay. I, that's plausible. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. I'm still just very suspicious of her and um, what her motives are. And now if what you're saying, I do kind of have a theory though, that maybe she, we, she is going to convince Nathan and Audrey and Dwight and everyone that she's going to be able to manipulate the aether to cure the troubles. And then this is Haven. So something's going to happen to her. And then our team is going to have to go to plan B to cure the troubles. Right. Well, the thing is they don't have a plan B. I
0: know they only have Charlotte's plan.
1: I think it's going to be thrown at him. Um, Well, I mean,
0: to your point, I mean, she did say, um, you know, Dwight volunteered his hands. She's like, I need someone else from my world. Right. The only other person we know from her world that's that's full, not a halfling, yeah. is Audrey. Right.
1: What does so this I, mean? I mean, she's, she's, Charlotte has shown some motherly love and concern to Audrey. Um, but did she make Mara Audrey because Audrey serves Charlotte's purpose more than Mara would have? Like she would um, be able to manipulate her more? Yeah, like whatever purpose Charlotte needs uh, Aether and Mara slash Audrey for... That's,
0: well, that's, that's kind of a pessimistic way to look at it
1: uh-huh. in the
0: sense that I'd like to think that, that she was trying to save her daughter by taking the evil, which was corrupting her, uh-huh. you know, and, and allowing her daughter to live through Audrey. Um But to, to your point, why did she do this at all? Why make it a punishment? So, so... Mara and William created the troubles and put them into people in this other world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, not the other. Was it the other world or or on
1: uh, Nathan's in world in Haven in Nathan's world? So in
0: Nathan's world, right? So they're coming
1: across the void with the rings and doing this, right? And and William had this whole stash of aether that Mara was trying to find, and I think William had that stashed in Haven for quite some time, right. Why didn't William
0: tell Mara? That's a question I've always had. But the other question I had is, Mara wanted to go through a thinny, but mm-hmm. Mara didn't have the ring to go through a thinny, right?
1: Or did, did Mara, Mara, Mara have th- the ring to go through a thinny? She thought she needed Aether to go through the thinnies.
0: Or no, but you know the didn't didn't um, Charlotte say that they needed the ring to go through the thinny? Otherwise, they'd be lost in the void. Yes, but I, did Mara know about that? I think she did, and I think well because yeah, she had her dad's. So maybe I mean we do know Audrey had her ring, so maybe Mara had the ring then.
1: Or does Audrey have the ring that Mara had? I thought it was just one ring that's been passed down through all of Mara's personas.
0: Well, remember Dave gave Audrey the ring back.
1: Right, Nathan Sarah, has Nathan Sarah has
0: right Sarah had it, but Nathan has uh, the ring from we think from Lucy. Right, which is apparently uh, Mara's dad's ring. Right. Which, so, so those two rings are accounted for. So never mind, my question is moot now that we've talked it out. But uh, to your point, what we were talking about before, Audrey, why did Charlotte do this at all? I don't know. And this is interesting. And, you know, the fact that she came back, why, is also a question mark. So you're right. We still don't know the motives for anything.
1: Yeah, I'm still not convinced on Charlotte, so to be uh, to be continued, shall we say. Yes. And so um, we all know how I feel about Charlotte and Dwight, but they did come through, and they did
0: uh, bring Kira back. Yes. And so before we talk about Nathan and um, the trial he went through, let's um, do a quick recap of the trial of Audrey Parker. Okay. Okay. In the trial of Audrey Parker, Audrey was with um, Agent Howard. And it was just the two of them. Right. And she, she had was to, trapped,
1: she was trapped on Duke's boat.
0: She was trapped on Duke's boat, and she had to justify all of her actions uh, since she arrived in Haven. Right. Right? And she had to defend herself and what she did and who she was helping and the results of that yeah. during that time.
1: Yes, to Agent Howard, who she, we all thought was her FBI boss,
0: who actually she thought, too. Audrey herself thought he was
1: just her FBI
0: boss. Right, at that time. Yes. And so in that, she's defensive. She's explaining things. And in the end, what happened?
1: Well, she realizes that she needs to stay in Haven and help these troubled people and fight the troubled. And she wants to stay to find her own history about her mother and her own ties to Haven. And she resigns. She says, I'm sorry, Agent Howard. And she gives him her FBI badge and her gun. And then at one of the closing scenes of that episode, we see that Garland and Agent Howard kind of manipulated that whole situation to get Audrey to come to the decision to stay in Haven. Yes. Because they know that Audrey Parker is strong minded and she needed to come to that decision on uh, on her own that she was going to stay. Yes. Okay. So now that we know
0: that here we are and we opened the episode with Nathan swarmed by all these people. Um, We have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Oh, the Tony, Tony. So we have Tony, Wanting his head, essentially, and telling Dwight, you can't just let him off because he's your friend and I've just riled these people up. So what are you going right. to do? And Audrey comes up with the idea that these people want justice.
1: Justice. So Audrey says, let's give him what they want. Let's put Nathan on trial. And there we have it, folks. And so the town is going to try Nathan for, excuse me, the well, the town, everybody gathered in the school, for endangering Haven, for endangering the residents. They don't trust him. Look what's happened to Kira. Um, so this is what he is on trial for, is endangering the town and the people in it.
0: And so you have Tony representing the town, which is really just Tony. I- I'm going to be honest. It's just Tony. Well, um, he's supposed to be speaking for Kira the dead, right? He is. But again, I, I really feel it was just Tony. Because despite what he says, come on, this isn't vengeance. This is because of what he's done. Tony was bad.
1: Oh, yeah. Tony was spiteful. And well, we find out about his trouble. And, yeah. And, and, Tony well, was mad. So... Yeah. um you have Tony, Tony was rather ungrateful, and those Haven folk who were believing Tony, come on, all Nathan Warnos has done is save you and help you. But that's and- the thing. Okay, so
0: that's the thing. I'm glad you said that. Not everybody knows that, right? All these people just realize what the troubles are or that it's there. They probably still don't understand it. So yeah, you have a the- mix of people. You have people yeah. who understand the troubles, who understand what Nathan has and has not done, and then you have the people who have no idea. So when you right. have this decision being made by this group of people who mm-hmm. are mixed, not necessarily his peers, okay? Um, sorry, legally, they're not his peers, not all of them. Yeah. Um, then you have Nathan defending himself. Right. Well, is that the wisest thing to do?
1: Well, well Audrey wasn't so sure. She speaks to his lack of public speaking skills. and <laughs> Right, right. And so we have... Ha- she, she keeps on trying to help him instead of being out there solving the case. Well... Well, we'll talk about Audrey in a second, but you know but, but you, you know what Amy, oh I'm interrupting you go ahead well we
0: have we'll, we'll talk about Audrey in a second, but we have Tony who has suddenly become the all-knowing encyclopedia of Nathan Warno acts. right
1: How and, and so why? this has heightened the stakes because he's got more evidence that you know Nathan and Audrey and Vince and Dwight and everybody. Uh, Dave d- didn't expect him to have, so they didn't expect the tr- uh, Tony's case against Nathan to be so strong, if you will, uh, strong in quotes, right?
0: Well, I I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think they expected to be so strong. I also think they didn't expect it to be so researched. Yes. I mean, he comes out of nowhere. He's talking things, things that may even reveal some secrets that you know the inner core did not want everybody else in the town to know for their benefit, for their yes, safety. Exactly. Yeah, because right, right. So the stakes are not only higher; they're they're at risk of being revealed. Right, the secrets are out. Right, and so you have Nathan, and um, instead of going through everything, Nathan's past is thrown back at him. Nathan, mm-hmm. you know, takes the higher road, doesn't attack Tony, who yes. was dumped.
1: Yeah, Nathan says he won't attack Tony. Let, now, let's remember, Nathan's basically on trial, although the, the former charge was endangering the town, but it's because they think Kira's dead. So he's on trial for something he hasn't even done. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of willing to, okay, I'll take my fate, and I'll stand up to the microphone, and I'll give you my speech, you know? And,
0: t- and the thing is, is that, you know, when he tells Audrey, you know, I want to defend, he feels like he's on trial.
1: right? Like Audrey felt like she was on trial in the the episode trial of audrey parker especially nathan says i feel like the person i've become since i fell in love with you talking to audrey Mm -hmm. i need to i want to defend that person and i feel like you know audrey has found her identity through the show and she's she's a resident of haven she belongs in haven she fights the troubles and you know that's nathan's purpose too right and again a parallel to when in the trial of audrey
0: parker she was defending who she was since she had arrived at haven Right. So again, these two people defending themselves parallels uh since they've arrived. And so it, it's an interesting thing. And then we have Nathan's speech. Um,
1: yeah, Nathan's speech.
0: Um It's interesting. Um when yeah. we when we first uh talked about this, both of us had thought, you know, he was going to really do a defense.
1: Yeah, and he really didn't defend himself or even his actions. He um To me, he just kind of tried to connect with the town and connect with everyone who was troubled and kind of talk one troubled person to another and kind of uh, say that he knows how difficult it is living with the troubles and how difficult it is for those of you who are probably just learning about it. It was kind of interesting speech. What do you think, Amy?
0: It was not what I expected. Yeah. But at the same time, um, after having watched it several times, I think it's what had to be said. Okay. Okay. Which is different from my initial reaction. I was I was mm-hmm. a little underwhelmed and was like, "That's it. That's your that's your speech, buddy." Yeah, uh, he didn't. He re- like want them I to save you with that, but he, really he didn't defend himself. Here's my thing. He wanted to defend himself, but I think he went about it by trying to explain to those who are troubled and those who are just finding out about the troubles how things are now that now w- when you have life with troubles. Right. In Haven. And that's why you talked about hope and things being dark and, and
1: how, you know, you got to hold on to, to that hope. There's, there's always hope. And he says, he taught, you know, making life worth living, light up the darkness with hope. So he kind of just tried to reach out to them on those terms of, um, like I'm in it with you type of a thing. And we just need to live our lives the best we can. And we need to fight through this and we have to have hope.
0: Yes. And, and he does that and he explains it now. We never find out what the vote would have been. Well, it was a moot point. It was a moot point. Part of me wants to know what the tally was going to be, though, because, you know, Vince and Dave are right there. Uh Um, And, you know, when they bring it back into the scene and you see Vince and Dave looking at the tally, you know, they they bow their head in disappointment at the sheet that they had unfolded because probably it was against Nathan.
1: Exactly. If you want to just read, read into their actions and their facial expressions, it didn't look good for Nathan.
0: Right. So um, really glad Kira was saved uh, by D- Dwight and Charlotte. Good job.
1: Um, they secured the aether. They, so Nathan's initial purpose, which was uh, securing the aether and saving Kira with nobody else finding out about the aether, but the little inside group of Vince, Dave, Dwight, Charlotte, Audrey. Um, success. Nathan, yes,
0: success. Thank you. So, you know, hey, he was looking at the sky, and it worked out. Yeah. So there you have it. But now let's talk about Audrey, because I honestly think this was the most interesting part of the episode for me. Right. Um, this was a very protective Audrey mode kind of thing. And, and we haven't really seen that in Haven. Well, no. In this, in
1: this intensity. Well, but you know what, Amy? I feel Audrey was justified in that intensity, not just because this is the man she loves, but she almost lost him. I mean, the last scene we had just seen was she was crying on Charlotte's shoulder saying it can't be true because she thought Nathan was dead. And she barely gets her reunion hug with him like he's alive. She's just finished hugging him, and they're calling for his head. So the stakes are hi i mean she's just practically lost him and now she's gotten him back and she's had him back for 30 seconds and now she has to deal with maybe losing him again so here's my thing okay and and i think it's intense
0: for a different reason you know and we'll talk about nathan and audrey just after this but audrey is the one that came up with his id for trial she figured it wouldn't ever come to the point where they were going to get his head because You know, Dwight and Audrey, uh, Dwight and Charlotte should be back by then. They just need time. So this was a time saving measure that they did. So Audrey probably thought, you know, hey, we're just going to go through the motions. It's going to be slow. You got to get a lawyer. You got to go through the facts, blah, 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 blah. And it's just banishment, right? Because that's the only punishment that's been talked about right now, banishment. And then Tony comes and flips the script and is like, no, no, no. He has to die. Banishment's not enough. And now all of a sudden, Audrey's plan to her is the worst plan ever because this isn't going to work in their favor. And I think she feels that. I think she feels that the stakes are not only high, but she may have been the cause for this. That's my interpretation. And that, that's why she's she doesn't want to leave his side. She doesn't want to be doing other things. She wants to help him. She wants to... Um, make sure, you know, that this is working. And the thing is, Nathan needed her to not do that. Nathan Nathan needed her to solve the trouble to save Kira because saving Kira again saves Nathan.
1: And Nathan is, um, he's the one who kind of grounds her, right? He kind of brings her back to her senses. He kind of tells her, calm down, Parker. You've got to go out and solve the trouble because, as you said, Amy, that's what's going to save me. And she's so emotional and she's kind of panicked. And they're telling all these lies about Nathan. And she's getting wrapped up in the trial and everything Tony's saying versus concentrating on going out there and solving the trouble. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, um, you know, this is a role reversal. Normally we see intense protective Nathan Here we have intense protective Audrey, who even goes so far to say, you know, Nathan's the one with the level head saying, hey, Grayson, not a great idea. He will only hurt more people. And Audrey, you know, is like
1: exasperated and done with it. She's like, I don't care. We're like Audrey, like some of Audrey's quotes. And and Speed said that Audrey kind of speaks words that normally Nathan would speak. And I found some of these to be, you know, Audrey says, screw the rules. This isn't how it's supposed to happen. I'm not leaving you. I will do anything to save you. So, you know, roll reverse are higher, yeah. her emotions are heightened, and then Nathan has to calm her down from all this. Which is normally
0: Audrey, you know, putting her hand on Nathan and being like,
1: hey, it's okay. Yeah, Things we look- usually see, um, you know, Nathan's always uh, worrying about losing Audrey and fighting her, you know, when, when she was inside Mara. And, like, even in the back to the trial of Audrey Parker, remember Nathan was in the police station with Garland and he was all panic because he yeah. couldn't reach Audrey on the radio? And, like, um, also in season one when he thought the uh, Carmelian – killed her i mean we've seen so many when she was in the barn and when she was lexi and as again i said when she was mar we have seen nathan always trying trying to get her and to have her and to get her back and now it was kind of audrey doing that we've seen audrey do it a bit like in nowhere man and exposure and magic hour two um so it was kind of nice to see audrey again doing that right it's it's it was definitely a role reversal and it was
0: interesting and i think it's i i, I credit to this When Audrey was going through all those things with the Mara in season four Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: some of season five, the person that took the bulk of the trouble-saving bulk was Nathan. Yeah. You know, and I think that grounded him. It calmed him down, you know, because he connected with it so much. And I think because of that, he he was like, he's become uh, become more Audrey and Audrey
1: has become more Nathan. They both complement each other. Okay, and that leads into what I've been dying to say, is that I hope I can articulate this here. I feel that Nathan and Audrey ground each other in their own purpose and in their own identity. I feel that, you know, I always, always say, repeating myself again, Audrey has been on this mission. Who am I? What's my purpose? What's my identity? What do I do? Why am I here? And I feel that Nathan grounds her in that, and he helps her realize, and he strengthens her bond with Haven, and he strengthens her purpose in solving the troubles. He helps her understand that that's who I am, and that's what I do. And I feel that Audrey does that for Nathan as well, that um, she is like his center, and she uh, uh, helps him know his purpose and find his identity. And I just feel they're so connected, and they're so united, and they have this bond. And I will also say, um, they're always in these perilous situations lately, right?
0: Well,
1: yeah. But it's kind of cliche, but the strength of a relationship is shown during challenging times. And all we see Nathan and Audrey thrown with all these high stakes and challenges and death and I'm going to lose you and how do I keep you, And but their bond and their love is there. And it's like all they need is each other, right? They have their love, they have each other, and it's okay. We can handle all these challenges because we're so strengthened we're so strong. We're so strengthened. We're so united, you know?
0: It's it's a very beautiful uh, way that the their relationship has evolved. And I think yeah. that's it, is that their relationship, especially this um, second half of the season,
1: mm-hmm.
0: watching them, and we've talked about this, has been a delight in the sense that their relationship hasn't been thrown in our faces. They're still Nathan and Audrey. Uh-huh. You just have some of the cute moments thrown in here or there. Right. And they're protective of each other. They still work well together. They, you know, uh, and,
1: and I don't think that either one of them is afraid to show it in public how much they fight for each other, um, how much they love each other. They're very comfortable that everybody knows about it. And Haven needs it. They need them together. They need their love. I do believe it's going to be key as we work towards the end of the season and resolve whatever's going on in Haven and resolve the troubles and deal with the evil and the void. Um, I still think their love is key.
0: Yeah. And, and, I mean, both of them have the same mentality, right? They don't care... They'll both do anything to save the other, mm-hmm. and um I think they the other person is always the one that ends up grounding the the person who's kind of you
1: know right. desperate which which to me just shows how united they are and the you know the wonderful love that they have for each other
0: absolutely and so guys, this was a fantastic episode that speed wrote um It's great, especially when you watch it on on rewatch it as we have been doing this week. And, you know, next week's is going to be even more exciting. It's the episode written by Shernauld Edwards. Did I say that right? Yeah. 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 Shernauld wrote this episode and Lucas Bryant directed it, which is so exciting. I know the cast and crew and fans and Lucas himself are stoked for it. So this is what uh, he and all of us have been waiting for.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a highlight that we've been looking forward to. So uh, that'll be next, our next podcast. And we get to all watch that uh, as our next Haven episode on Thursday, October 15th. Is that right? No. Did I have my dates wrong?
0: Yes, because October 15th was like a few days ago.
1: Oh, sorry. I have...
0: <laughs> October <22, laughs> 22nd, <20th> guys. <second. laughs> so Bye. guys, check it out. October 22nd. Watch it. Love it. Enjoy it. Um, just as we are going to be doing live tweet. If you will. And um, you can always follow us. We're on Twitter. We're going to be live tweeting the episode, of course. And we will talk to you next time. This is Revisiting Haven.